the long run, passivity won't pay off. It never pays off. If you want a life of meaning and transcendence, you're going to have to move. Aggression doesn't have to be toxic or damaging. Healthy aggression risks. It builds new things. It breaks through barriers. It's the key to living a life that matters. I'm Brian Tome, and this is The Aggressive Life. Hey, this is Brian. Welcome to another episode of The Aggressive Life. Podcasts are really cool. You know why podcasts are really cool? Because they give you cool information. Podcasts are cool because it gives you cool content you didn't have beforehand, hopefully. Podcasts are cool because it, it gives you ideas you didn't have before. Just like books. Just like classes. But here's the thing. You can get podcasts, books, and classes, and your life doesn't change at all. You can get information and not do anything different with your life. You can have mental stimulation that turns into nothing more than mental masturbation because you're not actually putting your limbs in play and moving another direction. I'm inspired by this podcast, not because I want to help you think about things that you needed to think about, but because I want to think that we're giving you ideas that are changing behavior, that's changing lifestyle choices, that's changing your trajectory. At least I want to think that. And the day that I believe that that's not happening is the day that this podcast stops. Not all of our topics are deep things that could change your life. Some of them are just whimsical and fun, and some of them seem a little bit flippant, or maybe might I even say extravagant, like getting a vehicle, strapping thousands of dollars worth of items to it, and going out in the middle of nowhere and beating the crap out of it. That's what's known as overlanding. I have done a lot of motorcycling. I still do a lot of motorcycling, but I'm trying to do less and trying to do more overlanding because it's something I can do with my wife and build that relationship. And so we're relatively newbies in this form of adventure, and it's a lot of fun. And a lot of guys and a lot of women, when they get into any form of adventure, any hobby, we research the death out of it. And that's kind of fun. That's part of what a hobby is. You can kind of have fun with it even when you're not doing it. That, that's cool. But there's certain things in life you just have to say, what I have right now, I'm going to put into motion. We're going to have a guest who's going to talk to us about overlanding. But as you hear this stuff, recognize right now you could do this with whatever vehicle and whatever stuff that you have. You don't need thousands of more dollars. If you've got a vehicle and a blanket you can wrap yourself around, you can do this. But there's always new places to go and new things to experience. Self-reliance, adventure, exploration, remote destinations where the journey is the challenge that's overlanding. It's aggressive. It pushes you. It didn't take me long to come across this thing called Expedition Overland. It is the premier overlanding docu-series you can see on Amazon Prime and also on YouTube. It's gripping to watch, but Expedition Overland, it actually does more than provide entertainment. It causes you to say, hmm, would I change my life and do something different? It causes you to go, hmm, how would I behave in that incredibly difficult situation? It causes you to go, hmm, could I live without cable TV? 
and all the comforts of home for an extended period of time. These guys are guides to overlanding. They share their experiences. At the center of it all is a founder and creative director, Clay Croft, along with his wife, Rochelle. Clay is going to be with us today. He's led Expedition Overland since its inception in 2010. He's created over 200 overlanding videos, including documenting trips through the Yukon, Alaska, Central America, South America, Canada. He's overlanded in 16 countries, 12 states, and 13 vehicles and counting. He's going to push us today on how we should think about challenges and why we need them. Welcome to The Aggressive Life, Clay Croft. Thank you. Happy to be here. Well, happy to have you here. I've had a good time watching your videos over the last several months. It's been really, really good. And most of our uh, folks are not uh, familiar with Expedition Overland. Most of our folks aren't even familiar with what overlanding is. So tell us, what what is overlanding? How would you describe it? Yeah, so... Overlanding the way, and there's many definitions out there, but the way that I've always followed it is under the classic definition of long-term self-sustained travel by vehicle, uh, often covering international borders and uh, going off the beaten path to see the world in a new way and be self-reliant while doing it. So how did you get into this sport? Would you call it a sport? Would you call it a hobby? It's obviously part of your job, but how do you classify Uh, it? Uh, man, I would call it a, a lifestyle. All right. You know, for, for many people, it is a full-time lifestyle. For some of us, it's a part-time lifestyle. It's something that we aspire to go do and then occasionally get the ability to go out and do it. Uh, for me, I started overlanding. Uh, I'd say my first real overland trip was our Alaska Yukon expedition uh, back in 2013. Uh, it was the first time that we built vehicles designed to live and sustain ourselves out of for a long period of time. We were gone for 60, yeah, 60 days on that, that trip. Uh, but before that, I was a mountaineer, a climber, a backpacker. And when we had kids, we had kids real early. I couldn't really go do the long-term backpacking thing. So my truck became my backpack and you know, I could run out and do some car camping and truck camping. And that turned into more and more challenge because I like to challenge myself. And eventually, I came across this magazine called Overland Journal. Oh, addictive. And, <laughs> it's like crack cocaine. Yeah. Be careful, boys and girls, what you pick up. Yeah. Go ahead. Lead us to the pipe. Tell us about it. Yeah. So the black hole that you were about to go down is uh, Overland Journal and Expedition Portal. Once you get there, good luck. I'll see you in a few years <laughs> um, on the other end. But uh, I was drawn to it. I was drawn that, hey, I could go travel the world from my vehicle. I like four-wheel drives. I love backcountry travel and I can smash it together and it's called overlanding. I'm hooked. So that's how it got started for me. How would you define adventure? Yeah. Adventure is a respectful pursuit of trouble. Um, (laughs) You don't know it's an adventure uh, until something goes wrong. The respectful pursuit of trouble. Yeah. And uh, the reason I say respectful is because it's not it's not cavalier. It's not willy-nilly. It's, it's calculated. And you respect the unknown when you get out there. But uh, pushing yourself into the unknown and knowing that things are going to go wrong and you're okay with that, that is adventure to me. So my background on adventure is I basically just have my head down doing my normal day job for decades. And then one day I accidentally found out that I like motorcycle riding. I hadn't done it since I mm-hmm. was first year of marriage. I sold my motorcycle after 
after uh, two weeks of marriage because we already were in cash problems. So I had sure. to sell it in 1988 yep. and didn't get on yep. anything until like uh, 2004. It was a street bike. And then I found adventure riding. I got off on the dirt and just really, really enjoyed it. But the problem was I was really separated from my wife because the place I was going were, were a bit too extreme to go too up. And we tried to get on a bike and it just wouldn't work. Um, mm. But the thing I, I've, I've loved about Overland, and I've taken it up for – Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty newbie on it now, year and a half, two years, that kind of stuff is there's not a lot of people who are ever going to want to be on a motorcycle. And there's a level of skill that takes a while to get that in motorcycle. There's not a lot of people who are going to be able to get the physical capacity to climb Mount Everest. There's not a lot of people who are going to be able, it's going to take them a long time to get into Ironman form, but just about anybody can get some kind of four-wheel drive vehicle and get out in the middle of nowhere and break an axle. You know, it's it's, it's a Mm -hmm. lower barrier to entry. Agree or disagree? Agree. And I think that's why it's so appealing to so many. And that's why I think it's such a good vessel for people to get started. You still have to be calculated, but yeah, it's, it's a much lower level of entry that uh, you can take it as far as you want. You can become the weekend warrior or you could travel the world. Yeah. What is the thing that got you making the documentary series that are on Amazon prime? How'd you, how'd you decide to go that route? My career before all this started was cinematography and filmmaking. And uh, I'd been fortunate to work on other documentary series that put me in the bush of Alaska for three three summers and uh, taught me how to work in remote conditions and tell stories and see the full process. And so once I got into overlanding that, that allowed me to kind of combine the two. Yeah. There's a whole story about how it actually started, but there's a whole story. Well, that's exactly what I asked you. I just asked you the whole story and you didn't tell me all the story. So what's the whole story? You're leaving out juicy details. This is called the aggressive life, Clay. This is not like give serene answers that are easy to give. It's called the aggressive life. So far, you're just being a nice guy. Chop, chop. Let's pick up the pace. Well, thank you. Uh, (laughs) Let's see. I feel like I know you. I've watched your, your, your stuff. You don't know Jack for me, but that's okay. I'm having fun. Right on. Well, the, the aggressive life portion of all of this kicks in at the inception of Expedition Overland. Uh, I was young. I was uh, 27 when it all kind of was started, about 28, I guess, when we shot the first thing. And I was a struggling cinematographer. I had, I had looked for all kinds of other stuff to maybe even get out of storytelling and, and documentaries and things like that, because it is a tough thing to break into and uh, make a living at it. So got back from Alaska, got back from uh, a big trip in Uganda, came back and a whole bunch of work fell through that that had lined up. And in cinematography world, it's feast or famine. You go, you build up a bunch of work, you go do it, you make your money, and then you live on it until you can get the next batch of work up and run it. You know, it takes a long time before you get consistency. And I had run out of my, my nest egg and the economy hit Montana right then. And I lost all this work. And I was at this point that, uh, it was a crossroad. It was either I have to quit and go do something. Uh, I went and actually took the police tests and, uh, to look at going into the police force. And, uh, when I was sitting there, I was like, you know what, this isn't for me. It was like, it was very, very much in the middle of that test put on me that I was not supposed to be there and that I was to continue doing what I was supposed to be doing in filmmaking and storytelling. So uh, I came home 
And I was coming into the garage one night and I looked into the garage and I had a, uh, let's see, it was a 2001 Tacoma, fairly built up and a stock Land Cruiser, 100 series Land Cruiser there. And it was like, I mean, just Frank God just like put it on me and said, Hey, you should shoot a show on this. Mm. You should shoot a show on traveling the world by vehicle. I don't think it's ever been before, you know? And, uh, so I went in and talked to my wife, Rochelle about it. And that was the inception of it because it was at the point where we had to make a call. It was either, I'm going to continue to work for other people and try to drum up work and rely on them. Or I'm going to have to do something on my own where I at least have some bit of control over it because what was, what I was doing at the moment wasn't working, wasn't serving me. Mm. It was a, it wasn't what I was called to do. And so I felt very strongly about that. I had to give this a go, had a lot of apprehensions about it. We were broke. How do you start a show when you're broke? Right. You know, so television how, right takes a now, lot of money. Is it working for you? Is it serving you now? Absolutely. This yeah, is, it is, uh, this is, this is awesome, man. Job. <laughs> This yeah, is thank you. I, I'd like to. We're definitely going to dig into the overlanding nuts and bolts because I, I I dig that and uh, I do. We're going to talk gear, all that kind of stuff. But here's here's a big macro thing for everybody who's listening today. You hear what Clay said? He said life wasn't working for him. He said that mm-hmm. he was at the end of his nest egg. I don't even know if you have a nest egg or not. He said that he was going someplace in a job and it wasn't going. It's oftentimes at our worst time that we come to the best time. And we're so often like, oh no, things are bad. So now I've got to sit down. I've got to hunker down and I just got to circle the wagons with my meager little porridge that I have right now. Maybe you need to take your meager little porridge right now and get onto a new vision. That's what I'm hearing from you. That's pretty freaking cool. That is absolutely what it was. And it was very stretching, very daunting, but yet exciting, you know? Uh, and I'm a risk taker, uh, naturally. Being able to accept that risk and, and go for it. Frankly, I had nothing to lose, mm. you know? Mm. I was at that spot. You might as well. What are you going to lose, you know? Yeah. And if you lose some money, oh, well, you'll go make more of it, you know? But what you can't get back is time. And right at that moment, I knew that, if I didn't start now, if I didn't go for it now, uh, the clock had started already and I had to get with it. Man, that's great counsel, especially for those of us who are, who are here right now who are in their 20s. Man, mm-hmm. I mean, too many 20-somethings that are, man, they're just thinking for the long haul. Yeah, yeah, there is something that thing for the long haul, but oftentimes thing for the long haul leads to passivity in the present. Just keep muddling through. You, if you're in your twenties, Clay said he was 27. You literally can't jack up your life. You can't because any mistake you make, you're going to have enough runway to recover. Agree, disagree. You got time. F- f- put some fire into us. hundred percent agree. Yeah. So if you're in your twenties, if you're out there in your twenties right now, you better be getting after it because your 20s, I do absolutely consider your 20s to be some of your most important years. If you're thinking about development, human, de- your personal development, who you're going to be, your 20s are critical. If you've got uh, any sort of vision of what you're called to do, then you better be starting to do it right now because um, I think of it like investing, so if you start investing when you're 20s, by the time you get to your 70s, you have millions of dollars. You've allowed that time to grow and really be really effective at the end of your life, right? 
same with your purpose and your drive. If, uh, if you know what you're supposed to be doing or have an inkling of it, you better start investing into it now because you're better. Your best impact Dude. is probably going to be at the end of your life. And every year you wait, every time Dude. you say no to something, you're lessening the potential impact that is at the end of your life where you're going to be the wisest person, the most knowledgeable, you're going to have the more money and all this stuff that allows you to build impact. And uh, so, yeah, right now is critical. Dude, Don't wait. that is... That is really wise and compelling. I hadn't thought about the investment metaphor going to the adventure metaphor. It is true. I meet a lot of people who are in the some days. Well, someday I'm going to do that. Someday when I have enough money. Someday when I'm retired. Someday when uh, when the kids grow up. Someday when I someday. And they keep, they keep putting that off. And meanwhile, they've not developed their adventure muscles. They've not developed their fun muscles. And you can't just mm-hmm. turn those on all of a sudden at 50. You can't. So that's a that's a really no. great metaphor for it. Now that you're in your 30, you're in your yeah. 30s, right? How old are you right now? Yeah, I'm 37. 37. Going on 38. Uh, I'm in uh, episode, season two of the Overland mm-hmm. stuff. You got young kids. You you yep. have a part where you're leaving. They're crying, and you're going yep. out to South America. What's going on there? Mm-hmm. How do you handle that? What's uh What's the story behind the story there? I guess this question would come down to parenting for me. I think it is incredibly important for your kids to see the their parents pursuing their dreams because how often do you hear parents say oh go do what you want pursue your dreams but that parent that's sitting on the couch telling them that is just doing that sitting on the couch what kind of inspiration are you to your kid if you're not out there getting after it yourself you know you are the role model and uh anything worth having has sacrifice and we instill that in our kids we tell them that all the time. Hey, dad's got to go to work. Dad's got to go on this trip. I'm going to be gone for a while, but uh, when I'm home, I'm going to be real intentional. But, uh, yeah. How do you, how do you counterbalance that on the other side? When you are home, uh, there are things you do differently that, uh, because now you have the freedom of maybe some more downtime. How do you, how do you, you know, what's the full equation there? Yeah. So for me, no downtime. We're, we are go, go, go all the time working on developing expedition overland for what's next. Uh, so being intentional is really important. I also have incorporated the boys, I've got three boys, uh, into the business as much as possible oh. so that they have an ownership and a role inside of it. So they, when they see dad leaving, they understand because they also have a piece of what the vision is. And they're somewhat becoming more and more part of the team as well. What's, the, what's their what's role? Can you, give us a, can you give us examples of how they're engaged? Oh, you know, right now it's simple. It's uh, cleaning trucks. Working on things, repairing stuff, uh, keeping the shop clean. This year, we're working on doing some more trips. We built some vehicles that are going to facilitate family travel a lot easier and production at the same time. And I'm I'm looking at uh, doing a lot of targeted training for the boys to understand storytelling and see what dad does, you know. It started really small, Mm. but as they're gaining those small uh, skill sets, then and interest as they get older, then we're ramping it up and they're getting more and more involved. Yeah, that's strong. So if someone starts to watch your episode, your stuff called X Overland, the first one is uh, Yukon, Alaska. I watched it with great interest because I've ridden a motorcycle there right now uh, so far. And so now my wife and I are planning to head up and Take big boy up there. Big boy is our my Chevy Silverado 2500 HD. Ah, 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 ah. Very manly. <laughs> Stomp your 
Toyota stuff into the ground. But nonetheless, <laughs> we're planning on taking yeah. it up there. And, and the first thing anybody who has a, a kind of gearhead bone in their body will do as they watch this is they'll go like, oh my gosh, the gear you're getting, the the stuff. So sure. how, how did you do that the very first? Did you did you get sponsorships for all that stuff the, ve- the very beginning when they didn't even know you? Or did you have to totally drain the bank and everything to buy all the gear to, to up your vehicle? I mean, you've got, you've got in those vehicles a lot of money. Oh yeah, a lot of money. Uh, the first truck I built was a 2001 Toyota Tacoma four-door TRD off-road with the factory e-locker. And I probably, it took me about seven years to build that truck over time. And it was built three times over, you know, from the mistakes and stuff. That was on me. But when we started Expedition Overland and we started to see, okay, this is going to have an impact, then we better get sponsors involved. So right off the bat, we have been sponsored financially by sponsors from day one. And uh, that took, I mean, that was a step of faith to go out there and put yourself out there and sell yourself as, hey, I am... You know, I have experience in cinematography, I have experience in storytelling, and I have this passion of overlanding, and I want to combine the two. Will you partner with me to tell the world about it and have a confidence and uh, just the willingness to go out there and, and try that and get shot down over and over and over again? Uh, but it was worth it. And we knew that if, we, if you're going to produce content and shoot shows and have any sort of life, you have to have partnerships right off the bat. Otherwise, it just won't survive very far. Hmm. Uh, a lot of people, I see a lot of people out there struggling to produce content and they're not charging and they're not doing this or whatever. And they, they come and they go pretty hmm. quick. Uh, the economics of all of this is very important. It is. So General Tire and those guys, they're not just giving you free tires. They're giving you free tires and money. Absolutely. Yeah, we don't. we actually don't accept, other than very special cases, any sort of product without a financial commitment toward the vision of Expedition Overland. Um, and that's the way we see it. If, if we're going to run your stuff, you better believe in what we do and the impact that we're making enough that you're willing to put your company's name on it and your finances behind it. Uh, because that's, uh, that's a perfect two-way street on you know, building content. It's important. When I've watched your stuff, you've got a... Um there's an element of faith to your life. Do you mind talking about that? Like, do you have faith? Mm-hmm. What is it? How would you describe it? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Christian background. Oh no, uh, not one of those. <laughs> oh no. Uh, yeah. Grew up in going to church, had a great childhood. My mom is a biblical scholar, unofficial. She is so smart and so wise and uh, raised us well. My dad raised us well to become good men. And uh, my faith really developed strongly when I got to college. I was involved with Campus Crusade with Christ for some time, and that really developed me. I got involved with a lot of uh, strong mentors at that time that developed me and uh, built this passion for you know men's development, things like that. Cause I, I had so many people build into me that I wanted to be able to do that too. And Expedition Overland has an element of that. Um, I'm hoping that the show shows integrity, problem solving, conflict resolution, things like that in good, healthy ways, because uh, I think that's, what's going to impact people in the long run. It's not the overlanding, it's the human dynamic. At the same time, we've never built Expedition Overland to be a 
you know, like a faith-based mission or anything like that. I just wanted to show people uh, the best we can. We're still human, uh, how people should interact and explore the world and and let the impacts go from there. Yeah. There's not, there's not Bible verses you guys are sharing there. There's not like little sermonettes you're doing Uh and stuff. Uh, We, we delved into the, into the Amazon prime world. We've got Phantom Lake that's on it and doing really, really well, except that there, man, there's a, there's an element of the motorcycle community that just gets upset when God is mentioned in any way, shape, or form. Not a single Bible verse. In fact, I don't think I even, maybe I could lose my day job of pastor over this. I don't even think the name of Jesus was ever mentioned. And people just huh. like lose their marbles. Oh, religious, uh, trying to process that. It's just, it's a weird time where people just seem to be on edge about stuff. And I, I was just curious if you had experienced that or not. Uh, some, we really haven't put ourselves out there in a heavy capacity in that way. And I, I don't plan to either, but I, we deal with haters all the time and all that too. But, uh, the rule I have is that I won't accept criticism from anyone that I wouldn't ex- go ask advice from. Mm. Good word. You know, and the, the internet keyboard, I'm not going to go to you to ask for advice. So I'm not going to take your criticism. Okay, you're out in the trail, and you are dealing with an obstacle. Describe for us the most hairy thing that you ever had to encounter while you were in your vehicle. Hmm, in my vehicle? Yeah. I would say the hairiest thing I've come across is in Costa Rica on a bridge that uh, we just crossed, and now this bridge is something straight out of camel trophy it's been cut down logs stacked laid across a ravine that's a good 15 20 feet deep fairly narrow but very steep and deep with the eight feet of water in the bottom of it and uh, we crossed it to reach the end of this road and right as we did this monsoon rain came in and just made all of the road and the bridge that was packed with mud and straw completely slick mm. like gumbo slick and we had to cross back across it long story short it was hooked up to two winches from two different vehicles through snap strats and it slipped at one point and one wheel nearly went off the edge of it which oh. would have tipped the truck over nosed me down into the creek which was super narrow it would have crushed me in between the walls into eight feet of water it oh. would have been potentially fatal but um, other than that, uh, I think the Greenland expedition was incredibly, uh, exposed. Um, we, in 2018, seven of us for the expedition seven crossed, were the first to cross from South to North across the Greenland ice cap in Arctic trucks. As we got far North, we got into a storm that it was just, you couldn't see the truck in front of you, five feet in front of you. The storm was so intense and, uh, far beyond the reach of, an airplane and the helic- helicopters were days and days and days ago, which they could have reached us. And that was pretty exposing uh, just due to the elements. But uh, yeah, Dang. I don't know. I've had several uh, gunpoint in Peru. <laughs> <laughs> I had an AK in my face and uh, the rest of my team. Yeah, we've had quite a few situations. So when you're in that high stress situation where there's a gun in your face, slippery bridge or even 
just coming down an incredibly rocky thing that maybe the first time you would have done it years ago is freaking you out. Is there any common practices you have in your mind of how to calm your nerves? Any common practices of perspectives that you tweak inside of your brain? Any coping mechanisms? Any stories you say to yourself? Any any self-talk that goes on? Two things. When it comes to expeditions in general, I usually bring something that is very, to me, symbolic or uh, it plants you. And for me, for as funny as it is, it's a watch. I like carrying a certain type of watch. What I got from how I got here was years ago when I was climbing, there was a mental trick that when you got in really hairy situations or you were exposed and you were beyond your capabilities, uh, that you would find a mechanism that you used all the time to calm yourself down, just like you were asking. And for a lot of guys, it was the clicking of a carabiner gate. Huh. And uh, you would do this when you're in camp and relaxing and being calm. And then when you get into the situation, you would do the same thing. And it was just a trigger to help you mentally get back to a neutral place so that you can think. Um, the vehicle itself is that for me. And uh, a watch. I usually have this certain type of watch that I really like, which is it's a marathon jumbo SAR automatic, and I love it. And I'll spin the bezel, and I'll, I'll it just kind of is that trigger to help me relax or whatever. Um, and then the next, the self talk is, I got this. I think you verbally saying it and audibly hearing it, mm. you saying I got this, puts that level of confidence in you just enough to to think correctly and to give you the confidence to make good decisions. That's fantastic. Those are two very helpful things I haven't thought about. So have some kind of trigger that you're doing when things are calm, that then you can bring it out when things are intense and, yeah. and then give yourself a pep talk. That's really good. I, I thought you were going to say yeah. something that I do when I'm in those situations. I just, I, I think to myself, that this is a fear that I don't know anybody else who's ever succumbed to the worst thing I'm thinking of. I'm riding a bike on the edge of a cliff and I go, I I don't know anybody who's ever gone off a cliff. So I'm afraid for something that has probably, I know it's happened, but I go, hold on. There's, I don't know of it ever having happened before. And this, I'm putting too much weight on this. I am, Mm -hmm. I am, I can't breathe. I'm, I'm at a high elevation. I'm, I'm walking up, I'm walking up to pick up a bike and I can't, I don't, I don't think I can do it. I go, hold on, hold on, hold on. This is very normal. Thousands of people have felt this way. Thousands of people, th- th- this can be, I just try to recalibrate to the long arc of human yeah. history that I have it very, very easy compared to everybody else. And the likelihood of something going wrong is just so nil. It's not even worth thinking about. That's what I do. That's a great tool play the statistics game because there's fact involved, you know, that that's grounding. Yeah. Statistically, this won't happen. That's right. So this whole thing, plan for the worst, hope for the best, um, not good. The planning for the worst all the time, uh, it should be considered, but never, I think fully executed for the planning of the worst, unless you're going to very extreme situations. Uh, otherwise it just becomes, uh, heavy and it weighs you down and it prevents you from being able to move fast, either mentally or physically or the convoy or whatever, because you got so much stuff going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Statistics are good. That's a good one. All right. Let's go into the lightning round. Are you ready? I'm ready. You got to give nice, quick, concise answers, like two, three sentences. Okay. Are you ready? Here we go. Here we go. Uh, Favorite overland trip so far? Greenland Crossing 2018. 
place you haven't visited but would like to? South Africa and Iceland. Uh, I've ridden in South Africa. I've not done anything in Iceland. Maybe you'll be my best friend and and I'll get to have fun with my new buddy Clay. Favorite driving music? M83. Taylor Swift, of course. (laughs) And uh, depending on the day, sometimes the symphony or electronic music. No 70s butt rock? Come on now. Oh, if I was to go crazy on the on the fringe stuff, it'd be like Viking rock, you know. <laughs> you got a little Viking thing about you as I look at you. I could see that. Number one tip for new overlanders. Just go. You don't need all the stuff. <laughs> yeah, but this is this is where I get hard, a tough thing, Clay. I, it's like this is supposed to be the lightning round. You're supposed to say things very quickly, and you do. Guests do this regularly, and then I can't help but just talk more about it. So I'm sorry. We're going we're gonna to delay the lightning round here for a moment. Hey, hey folks. Hey, folks. Yeah. Clay is absolutely – if you're hearing anything right now and you're thinking, boy, I really need to try something different. And I will just tell you, you do need to try something different. I, even if, yeah. if you've been overlanding for 30 years, you need to try something different than overlanding. You do need to try something different. And – he and I are both in alignment here. Watch your YouTube videos. There's a uni- whole university on doing this that you can. Go to Expedition Portal. Uh, follow Clay on Instagram. We'll, follow, we'll have him give all that stuff in a little bit. But, man, start with what you have. Just get out. Just get out. Just get a flat tire and use the jack you have right now. Get out and push yep. yourself. The vehicle you have right now, even if it's a, a Subaru, you haven't pushed that thing to its limits. So do it. Build your equipment based off of experience, not wants. Oh, that's hard to do. Because I just it's like really hard to do. I like the gear, man. And I, I'm I, guilty I, of it all too, <laughs> you know. But if you were to really break it down, build your equipment off of the experiences that you've been getting from going, not just because you think you need it. Yeah, well, so much of it is is it is a hobby, and so there's a level of stuff we're going to buy that we're really not going to use, but it's fun buying it and fun having it. That's what I'm mm-hmm. guilty of right now. I'm, I'm getting a, um, I'm getting some, I'm, I'm putting a leveling kit on my front, uh, my front of my Silverado. And I'm, why am I a Silverado? I was just poking at clay with his Japanese stuff that I would trounce any day. I'm just, I'm just poking at it, but I know his, his, his gear is better than mine. A, a Chevy Silverado 2500 is not, the vehicle of choice, but why is it? It's because I had it and it was paid for. Mm-hmm. I had it and it was awesome. paid for. And so it works. It works. I call him Big Boy. Did Imogene Pass. You ever done Imogene Pass out in Colorado? Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah, awesome. People are looking at me going, I can't believe I've never seen a full-size pickup truck in Imogene Pass. Well, you have now because Big Boy just did it. People people don't try it. You, you have capacities for this, but I, I, I'm i doing some front-end work on it because I want to get myself another two inches of ground clearance. And I'm well, at the same time going, all right. I want some beefier tie rods. Oh, and I'm, and, I'm, and I'm realizing that I really can't justify this. I don't know that I'm ever going to be thankful for it, but it's my hobby, and I like it. Sure. And, hey, if you have the money and you're not going into debt, I'm a big proponent of financial uh, responsibility, then do it. You know, I, I've built some crazy trucks, man. I just finished a, a 2018 prospector build with a PCOR on the back flatbed and a four wheel camper on it. I mean, it's, it's a crazy truck bought and paid for. And I live out of it and thrive in it. Love it. 
you know, Sex, what I do. Sexy. All right, a few more questions of the lightning round. Here we go. Yeah. Favorite overlanding food? Grilled cheese and tomato soup. The key to survival when you're spending so much time with the same people? Respect. Uh, years ago, we got uh, some marriage advice uh, that I have carried for years. And marriage is not 50-50. It's 100%, 100%. You don't meet that person halfway only because they're meeting you halfway. Your job is to be 100% all the time for your spouse. And if you carry that over into your team dynamics and your fellow man, you will have a thriving team. And you can sit with a guy for a long, long time. Most important thing you've learned about yourself through overlanding. You need people around you to take on amazing things. And really it's people are so more important or so much more important than where you're going. I don't care where I'm going, but if I have the right people around me, I'm just happy to be there. Yeah, it is true. You can only go as far as the least adventuresome or the most fragile person around you. Maybe a little further. Maybe a little further. Yeah, because you can push them further than they think so, but that's a, yes, that's a critical thing. But not thing. far. Yeah, yeah I, I very agree. Far. Well, and it's, yeah. also, it's also difficult because, I mean, I'm watching the stuff you're leading, and it's you've got you've to gotta learn as a leader to know what people's limits are because they don't know. There's times when someone say, well, I'm, I'm fine, I'm okay, and you look at them and you're going, no, dude, you're, no, you're not, a, you're, you're not, not okay. okay. And it's my yeah. responsibility to say that instead of we're going to have a group think here. There's, there's, there's so many decisions in the adventure world that do translate in the normal nine to five world. That's one of them. Absolutely. Looking out for your fellow man. And as a leader, it's, I've always taken it on as one of my main roles is to, at camp. I listen, I watch, I, I, you know, I listen for sarcasm. I listen for cynicism. I listen for uh, negative talk. And when you hear those things, it's a trigger that says, okay, someone needs help. They're not in the right mindset. Uh, what can we do as a team to get them there? Then the group can come around that person and you'll see that uh, that person usually thriving in a couple hours again versus going all day suffering because the people could get around him and get him through it. That's, that's a great one. So when someone is cynical and skeptical, they're not just being an ass, but they actually might be hurting because hurting people hurt people. So we need to think as leaders, how do I, how do I help that person? Mm-hmm. Yep. That's yeah. Good. It's a symptom of something else. Usually the stuff that you're doing here, it doesn't happen without an organization. And I know you've got really good people skills to be able to be doing what you're doing. No, no individual can figure out how to trick out a truck do some video stuff and publish content. You've got to have a team. You've got to have an organization around you. And uh, that can actually be an adventure in and of itself. And you're obviously doing really well with that, Clay. Good job. Thank you. All right. So Clay, how can people follow up with you? How can they, uh, how, how can they see what you're doing? How can they interact with you? How can they know what projects you got going on? Just to, uh, toot your own horn here for a moment. Yeah. Uh, basic stuff. Uh, Instagram, xoverland on Instagram, xoverland.com for a bunch of truck builds and uh, meet the team, things like that. Uh, we are available on Amazon Prime, uh, Expedition Overland's Pan American Trilogy series, uh, one, two, and three, 36 episodes there that you can watch. And then on YouTube, 
we have a bunch of content there. That's where a lot of our fresh content is, including our recent series that we just launched, The Great Pursuit. Uh, you can learn all about trucks and our latest adventures there. And uh, yeah, newsletters. And we'll be speaking uh, coming up uh, at several events. So I've checked the, check our website for where we might be. You can come check us out and talk to us in person. Clay Croft, it's been a awesome, awesome time having you today. Last word, anything, last thing you want to say to our listeners? You can do it. And uh, get off your butt and go. There's a big world out there. And uh, if you don't start today, there's just that much less you're going to see of it. Well said. All right, guys. Let's give it up big for Clay Croft. He's given us a lot of stuff today. Let's go do it, boys and girls. Let's change the world. Let's get out into the world. Let's make the aggressive move of getting off of the couch, getting out from under the reading lamp. Stop watching things on YouTube and actually do things with your life. This is The Aggressive Life. Hey, thanks for listening. For more aggressive living, head over to bryantome.com. Get signed up for the mailing list to get regular shots of positive aggression sent straight to your inbox. And while you're there, you can also find articles, podcasts, and books. I'm also active on Instagram. Search Brian Tome. Special thanks to the band judges for the music. Aggressive Life with Brian Tome is a production of Crossroads Church, Cincinnati, Ohio.